And if I haven't said hello to you personally, then uh, great to have you. My name's Dan, uh, one of the leaders here. And uh, we're, we're doing this series in Nehemiah. Nehemiah was a builder, right? We've established that already. He built walls around Jerusalem, uh, you know, maybe uh, a, a thousand or two, 2,000 years BC. And, um, and he... Uh, he, he was like a prototype. He built walls around the city of God known as Jerusalem, which was the dwelling place for God at that time and that moment in history. And the Bible talks about another builder, and his name is Jesus. And we, we heard earlier he was a carpenter. And, but he made, Jesus said this amazing thing in Matthew's gospel. He said, I will build my church. So here's the thing that Jesus is doing today. As we think about Nehemiah in just a moment, he's building his church. And when Jesus said he'll build his church, he wasn't talking about buildings. He wasn't talking about organizations. He was talking about a family. He was talking about a community. And last week, Luke kicked us off on this series of Nehemiah, and he looked at this end game kind of picture of the people of God in family, in community, large community, Loads and loads of people celebrating together. We kind of liken that a bit to a Sunday morning at King's. We'd love it to be big and to celebrate who Jesus is and that we all know him. We don't know everybody in the room. We try and get to know as many as we can, but it's a big, joyful moment in the week where we meet with God together. But then the Bible talks about small community as well. So you read in the New Testament, for example, that the church, uh, if you put the next slide up, please, It says, every day, this is Acts chapter 2, they continued to meet together in the temple courts in their thousands. This was at that time. They broke, also broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. And the Lord added to their number daily those being saved. So here's the question some of us grapple with sometimes. Which is better, big community or small community? And some of us will say, well, I've got my preference. Let me ask you, who plays football here? Who likes football? Yeah? Okay. Let me, let me ask you, um, do you, do you prefer playing with your right foot or your left foot? Uh, well, you don't know, okay. Anybody a real right footer here? Yeah, okay. Any left footers? Yeah, one or two. So here's the thing. We all have our preference about whether we find our greatest joy in big gatherings or smaller gatherings, but both are vital. Just as for a footballer, both feet are vital to playing the game. And if we find all of our energy is spent on one of these things, it's like hopping on one leg. Here's me. I love Sunday morning gatherings. They're so good, aren't they? Just love being in God's presence. I love the fun. I love, I love just meeting new people. I, this is just so exciting. I've got an adrenaline rush right now. <laughs> okay, this is you if you're like, well, Hey, I'm not mad about big guys. I I just love small community. I just love being with my friends, my neighbors. I I love inviting people into my house. I I love my small group. I I love, it's just real. It's authentic. It's relational. I I don't like all that big stuff where I don't know people. I want to be intimate. I want to know people. It's good, isn't it? But it's kind of exhausting after a while. (laughs) Because actually God has designed us to walk on both feet and to play with both feet, big community and small community. So how does Jesus build his church with big and small community? Well, Nehemiah teaches us some lessons. You ready for this? We're going to read from Nehemiah chapter 4. (laughs) Wow. Um, 
If you're new to Kings, by the way, we're not normally as nuts as this. We're... Well, we probably are when you get to know us, to be honest. Um, but, okay, so let's read from Nehemiah chapter 4. There's some bad guys who are opposing this building of the wall, right? They're, and here's their names. When Sanballat, Tobiah... The Arabs, the Ammonites, the Ashdodites heard that the repairs of the wall of Jerusalem were going so well that the breaks in the wall were being fixed. They were absolutely furious. They put their heads together and decided to fight against Jerusalem and create as much trouble as they could. We counted with prayer to our God and set a round-the-clock guard against them. But soon word was going around in Judah. The builders are pooped. The rubbish piles up. We're in over our heads. We can't build this wall. And all this time, our enemies were saying, they won't know what hit them. Before they know it, we'll be there at their throats, killing them right and left. That'll put a stop to the work. The Jews who were their neighbors kept reporting, they have us surrounded. They're going to attack. If we've heard it once, we heard it 10 times. So I stationed armed guards at the most vulnerable places on the wall and assigned people by families with their swords, lances, and bows. After looking things over, I stood up and spoke to the nobles, officials, and everyone else. Don't be afraid of them. Put your minds on the master, great and awesome, and then fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. Our enemies learned that we knew all about their plan and that God had frustrated it, and we went back to the wall and went to work. And then I spoke to the nobles and the officials and everyone else. There's a lot of work going on, and they're spread out along the wall, separated from each other. When you hear the trumpet call, join us there. Our God will fight for us. So I've just got some simple points to make from these verses today about the importance of small community. First point is this, that God's community, wherever you find it, is always under attack. Always under attack from an enemy who doesn't want the people of God to thrive and to succeed. And so you find these enemies, at first they just laugh, but when it gets serious, they start engaging and they start attacking. And the opposition comes in three forms. Firstly... They're exhausted. The laborers are exhausted. They're tired. Secondly, there's external pressures of enemies attacking. And thirdly, there's discouragement from other people who are believers who are just feeling a bit bit fed up as well. And they just say, oh, it's all going wrong, isn't it? Turn to somebody next to you, maybe in your household or maybe somebody you're not there for, and say, which of those three things do you find hardest at the moment? Are you tired? Are you under pressure? Or are you just feeling a bit discouraged? Just like 30 seconds. Go for it now. So, so there's those three pressures, tiredness, exhaustion, uh, pressure from without, and discouragement from within. Nehemiah takes this radical approach to solving those three problems, and he does it through small community. He solves this problem using a grassroots approach. He didn't rally people to the bigger project vision. He didn't show them a map of the walls. He changes tack. He puts them together in family groups and he gives them each a bit of the wall to guard where it's at its most vulnerable. And he gives them weapons. So let me say three things about why small community in your life is vital to your spiritual health alongside the wonderful joy that Sunday gathering is. And you can apply this in your home, in your household, in your family grouping, in your extended family, and 
obviously in your small groups if you're a part of King's Church. And if you're brand new to King's, we'd love to encourage you to be a vital ingredient to one of our student small groups or our small groups in King's. Here's the first observation that family, why did you put them together in families rather than just with randomers? Because family is the place where we feel refreshed. It's the place where we feel most ourselves. Am I right? Family is the place where you kick your feet off, kick kick your shoes off. (laughs) It's the place where you just sit on the sofa and you say, oh, that was a rubbish day. (laughs) And you took the telly on without asking. Because family has certain features about it, which is we're not on a show. You don't call people brother or sister in your family. You probably have other names for them. You see, it's the place where we can have honesty, acceptance, and trust. I remember when my, when my oldest son turned into a teenager, and we, were, we had some new people around to our house. We were just getting to know them, and, and I did that thing. You know, I prayed before the meal, and my son being a, a sort of leery new teenager, after I prayed, he said, hey, Dad, why, why do we only do that when guests come? <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was great. It was humbling, but we laughed. And uh, it, it was a moment where our friends got to see more of the real us, and, and we thought, oh, this is good, because actually we can just be ourselves. We're not trying to be on show here. Wow, this is like gladiators over here, isn't it? <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Um, second thing, okay, got two more things, stay with me if you can, right, so it's the place where we can be ourselves, you know, in a small group, it's a wonderful thing, maybe if we just could um, hold on to the hammers for a moment, that would be really great, (laughs) thanks guys, thank you parents, um, Sometimes people can share the most vulnerable of things in a group of people that are not naturally brothers or sisters, but they feel connected in love and able to share the very deepest things of their lives. That's what a small group is. Here's the second thing about small community. The second thing about family is is the place where we get to fight. He positioned his best approach to defending from the enemy and the walls being broken was this, put, put family right next to it. The exposed places were covered by family. You know, there's a Bible verse that says, Satan, he roars like a lion and he seeks somebody to devour. Do you know who he picks off? He picks off the people who aren't in community. There are certain phrases we like to use in our culture which seemingly display strength. We like to paddle our own canoe. We like to fly solo. We like to march to the beat of our own drum. But in God's family, we're never called to do that. Because we leave ourselves vulnerable. But when we're in community, it covers us. And we get to fight for one another. Nehemiah said, fight for your sons and your daughters and your mothers and fathers. You know, when you're part of a small group, you know who's missing. Because they're not there. And so you pray for them. And you phone them. And you text them. You say, you're doing okay. I'm fighting for you. Here's the third thing. Family is the place we get most equipped Do you know how long it takes to train a fighter pilot? Two years. It takes six months to train a paratrooper. Do you know how long it took Nehemiah to give some children and some adults some swords and spears? He did it on day one. 
You see, in God's family, there's no kind of experts. There's no people who do all the fighting stuff. All of us are called to be part of this fighting family and to fight for one another. And God gives us, on day one of our Christian life, the tools to do it. He gives us the gifts of the Spirit. He gives us fruits of the Spirit to bless and serve one another. The model of the New Testament is a church where leaders exist to train God's people to do works of ministry, pastoring, caring, encouraging, and releasing gifts, holding one another to account, and it all happens in family groups. But, final thing to say, there's also a trumpet. Nehemiah said this, so when your family group is struggling to defend, all we have to do is sound the trumpet and all the other groups come rallying. And that's what churches. It's where the smaller groups gather in the bigger groups, and when one is struggling, they sound the trumpet and they say, we need help. Pray for us, help us. It's so good when groups aren't just their own thing, but they're part of this bigger, glorious thing that Jesus is building called his church. Let me give you uh, a couple of rallying points, just for right now, as we finish this message and just worship again. If we could put the next slide up, please. We've got prayer week starting next Sunday evening. We've got two evening meetings, Sunday and Wednesday, two early morning prayer meetings. I'd love for you to just come and pray. We're going through a lot of change as a church at the moment, and we're, that's, that's challenging and exciting. We want to pray together. I know Sunday's not a great evening if you've got work the next morning and all that, but I just wonder if you'd be able to, to come and pray for a bit. And God will be with us as we rally together. Here's uh, another thing that we can do. Um, We're going to talk about this at the end of the service this morning. We can serve our community. See, it's not just about serving ourselves as as a church. We want to help rebuild what's broken in our world and our society. And there's a brilliant charity that we support called Safe Families for Children, where you can do just that. We'll hear a bit more about that at the end. And thirdly, it could be that you're just in a stage of parenting where you're thinking, I just love to just bring my kids more into a knowledge of who Jesus is and find ways of doing that better. We run a brilliant course called Parenting for Faith that's going to start in October, which you'll hear more about in weeks to come. So what's what's our choice today? I want to really encourage you to value small community wherever it looks in in your life and to not allow the enemy to steal it away from you. Perhaps today you need to make a choice to restart going to small group, to being there, to supporting your community. Perhaps you're new and you'd like to join one. You'll be able to do that. You can just sign up at the desk at the back after church today. So um, let's worship again together. And as we worship, allow God to speak to you. And then uh, if you've got a gift of the Spirit or something you want to share, you can also do that. And then we will, at the end, be able to take up an offering for safe families for children and say how you can get involved with that. Thank you.